Good morning. Welcome to the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I am Rob G. It's a fantastic morning. It's 35 degrees and I don't think it's getting much higher than that. 7.20 a.m. on, what is it? It is, my gosh, Tuesday, November 14th, 2018. I'm losing track of time here. I don't know why, but um, I do know that uh, next week... Just so you know, I will not be doing podcasts. I will be out of the country on a little vacay, taking a little break, but um, we'll resume the week after that. So today, as I make my way into the box, I got a great topic, and it's little getting into a little bit of specifics of some project work, but I think that this is going to be really valuable, so uh, stay tuned, stick around. Tell your buddy to quickly hop on and listen to this before I do. I want to tell you where to find me across the web. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AuthenticRobG. You can head on over to YouTube for my channel Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, with Rob G, uh, where I talk about business ownership, branding, and productivity. I got great new content going up every week there, so you want to spike the comments on some of those videos, hit the subscribe button. You don't want to miss any of those episodes. But today, I want to talk to you about setting expectations. And this came up recently uh, with one of my clients. Project is done now, but I think there's a valuable lesson to be learned here because if you are in the creative field or if you work with any projects that are somewhat custom each time you do it there's something different within each project and that's the way it goes with the creative work as you know I do branding and this podcast is about business branding and life so where all those intersect is where I live now if you uh if you're in business this may apply to you even if you're not in branding but uh, I think you may find a valuable lesson here because recently project I just completed but before the project started out here's the here's how it came about a friend of mine longtime friend works for somebody who needed a graphic designer now this friend of mine and my wife and I are friends with both of them have been for years our kids went through school together excuse me and they know I'm a graphic designer but they They really haven't seen my work so much, although I did do a little bit of creative for for my friend, for the husband, and um, you know, it was just it was a small project that I did. I didn't even charge him. He was he had an idea for a business, and he wanted to to um, get a logo to represent it. It was it was a small thing, but it was a favor project. It actually came out really good. I'm kind of sorry he didn't use it, but. That was just based on the fact that uh, the business, he he went another direction. So anyway, but his wife works for a woman who needed a graphic designer. And so she thought, hey, you need to call Rob G. He's got his own company, Genovese Web, and they do graphic design. And I, I think that's probably all about she said. So she really hasn't seen a lot of my work except for that one logo design. Although we have had conversations but that's as far as it went. So her boss calls me up one day and she says, you know, you were referred to me and I wonder if you could help me. 
And I was like, you know, now this project is a little bit outside of what I do. It's not outside of my capabilities. It's not outside of my skill set or experience level. It's just not my typical, it wasn't a branding project. So it wasn't an all, all in, you know, branding, brand identity, logo, website, brand guide, messaging, the whole, you know, the whole branding thing. It wasn't that. But if you listen to me at all, to me, everything is branding. I think branding to me is everywhere. I don't even think it. I know it because I see it in everything, everything, everywhere I go, every experience I have, there's branding in there because, well, you know, branding is the way something makes you feel. It's that experience. It's everything having to do with a company, organization, or individual. That is the brand. So even though this wasn't a traditional branding project, it was a a graphic design project, but I always take the same approach because that's my process is good. I'm not great, by the way, but I have a great process. And that process allows the best me to come out. And so my initial conversation with this person was very good. She's very nice. She said, I wonder if you could help me. I said, I hope I can. I never I never puff up my chest or say, yes, I definitely can because maybe I can't. <laughs> maybe I can't help. And I'm not afraid to say, I'm sorry, I don't think this is a fit because I won't take anything just for the money. I want it to be a good fit. I want to know that there's definitely going to be a successful result. And I am not a magician. <laughs> I cannot create magic for every client. And so even if the and and even beyond the project if if I don't feel good about the client, this potential client I should say, I'm not going to take the project. Because everybody's had nightmare clients. I've had them. And man, it is the worst and it's like going through an ugly divorce sometimes. You you can't wait to get away. You're By this time, you're unprofitable and they're unsatisfiable and the outcome is never going to be good. But this wasn't that. The project seemed good. I I knew I could deliver. It wasn't complicated. She was really nice. She was really forthcoming and, and hopeful. And as she told me more and then put me into contact with another member of her team, we talked about some of the technical stuff. And I gave a range of price and I said, you know, it's basically going to be no less than this, but it could be up to here depending on the full scope once I know more. And it turned out to be more involved. But the thing about this was, this is now these days, pretty much I do all digital projects. I really don't get involved myself with the print aspect. I now my background is in print design I have many many years of experience having to deal with designing for print so that means that uh, managing the transition or I guess managing the results the expected results of what you see on screen is going to be the same as what you get when it's printed and um, <laughs> I purposely don't do that anymore. 
because there are so many variables that could go wrong. Oh my gosh. I've worked with printers and color separators. I've pained over choosing colors and working with them to make sure that this color is going to represent properly when it's printed and them not able to give you know, positive reassurance and looking at proofs and secondary proofs and correcting the color and marking it up and oh my gosh, it, it seems like such an archaic process that once, once the digital realm came, oh man, I was all in. I'm like, sign me up for that because I am done with print. And so this project was, it's all digital. And because of my history in print, I want to make sure that I don't have to do that anymore. Because even though it's less these days, I wouldn't say print is dead. I don't, I don't deal in absolutes, you know? Never say never, never say always. I, I know I just said never, but always never say always never say don't don't ever I don't know but don't never say always never say never <laughs> don't deal in absolutes but so print is not dead but print has diminished it's a much smaller world now magazines online you know I mean everybody consumes their content on their phone anyway so all their feeds all their news it all comes digitally I don't, I don't see anybody holding newspapers I get magazines sometimes delivered to my house I didn't even sign up for me. Ever have that? I remember Rolling Stone and GQ printed editions coming to my house. I never subscribed to them. They just gave me this subscription for... I know why they did it, but I'm not going to get into that. But I don't want them. I don't want paper. So this project, I'm like, this is cool. It's all digital. And here's the thing. We're we're talking about managing expectations. So you know, you got to put up with my stories first as I set the stage. Now, I want to make sure because this project I know is going to be digital, but I'm thinking they might want to have these printed as well. Uh-huh. So I have my standard contract, which covers everything in a general fashion. It's the real, the real legal stuff. And... The stuff that really protects me against lawsuits and things like that. But then there's parts of it that I call the agreement, which is the um, more of the custom stuff to the project and to set the proper expectations between me and the client. It's the, here's what I'm going to do, here's what you're going to do, and here's what, what I will not be doing. Now, have you ever thought about that? So you, you should be putting in there, here's what I'm not doing. Because if you don't put in what you're not doing and it's not somehow covered by what you are doing, guess what? You're going to find yourself in a place of scope creep. Which means that they're going to ultimately, inevitably, <laughs> ask for something and you're going to have to decide whether or not you're going to do it within the scope, within the fee, or if you're going to issue a change order or not do it. And this becomes more difficult in certain scenarios, and this scenario is kind of like that. That scenario is this. Hey, look, if you've got a client who is really uptight and they're very businesslike and they're, they're not warm at all, there's no, there's no warm fuzzies, you know? With some clients, they're, they're warm and fuzzy. 
But if you don't have a client like that, you know, and they want something outside of it, it it's easier to say no <laughs> because it's just business. And I know it's always just business, but you can really act in a real aloof business manner with some people because that's the way they are. And I can do that. So you can say no to them because it's like, no, I'm sorry, this isn't part of the scope. This would be extra fee. And you don't even have to have guilty feelings or, or you know, you're not afraid to not please the client because it's just business. And they understand. Sometimes they don't understand, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but this client was a warm, fuzzy type. We had a great first conversation and second conversation. Email exchanges went smoothly. I mean, this was a dream client. They they were um, they provided all assets up front and several emails in one day. Pretty much everything I needed, and I was like, "Wow, this this doesn't happen too often." I had everything I needed up front. It was great, and I, in my agreement said I would do, I think I said three designs, two iterations of the chosen design, and that's it. And here was the key part. This is a a digital project, and I said, um, this, I will be providing all digital files. This scope agreement does not include any printed materials. So I put that specifically. I didn't bury it either. I put it right at the end of the scope where I outline the details of what's going actually into the designs and the project. It was right at the end in bigger letters than my contract part. I put that because I wanted to make sure she saw it. And I did verbalize it in a manner of this is a digital project, right? You won't want to print anything. And she said, no, it's, it's all digital. So it was spoken. Then I put it in the agreement, big letters, where she wouldn't miss it. And that was that. So as I said, the the project was going along fantastically. And I got so into it. And I don't normally do this. I mean, I'm not always a stickler for what I say. I want to... If I'm going to... If I'm going to... If I get into a project... Sometimes I'll make a decision whether or not to give them more than they expect. And I always like to give them a little bit more than they expect. But I didn't just come up with three designs. I came up with an overall style because I I knew the style she was looking for. But I had eight eight directions. And some of them were similar to one another. So I don't want to say it was eight very different directions. I'd say there was four to five distinct directions and then some were kind of a variation on the one direction if that makes sense but there was eight things to look at and I did that even after and I pared it down because I felt like I want to give them I, I, I wanted to show them that what I was inspired to do and I felt so strongly and passionately about the result that I had to, I had to share it because it did, they did came out great. I mean, if I say so myself, they came out great. I was excited. But listen, listen, listen. If you're new, if you're somewhat of a newbie to design, maybe a couple of years in, this is not an ego thing. Don't get attached. I know it's your baby. I know it's your creation. I know you poured your soul and heart into it. 
but you got to understand they're going to reject things and it's not a rejection of you. And so I, I've been around enough to know that, and I tell clients this. I said, look, I'm going to show you these designs. I said, I feel really good about them. Otherwise, I wouldn't show you. But if you don't like them, it's okay. If you don't like any, it's okay. I'm not, my ego isn't attached to this. I want you to be happy with what you get. And that's critical to understand. It's how I remove myself. I'm happy with my work. I know it's my best work. And that's where it stops. If somebody else rejects your work, it has to be okay. It's not a reflection on you. It's just two things have occurred. Either you didn't do enough discovery, enough to nail the style, or they might be just one of those clients who just didn't like what you did and you got to start over. That's it. But uh, this was a case where I, I knew I, I got I covered myself. And, I, you know, like I said, I've done enough where I've, I, I knew I, I didn't think I nailed it, but I was hopeful. Let's put it that way. So when I showed it to them, um, it went really well. The, 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 the meeting, the first look, the, the showing, the presentation, I mean, it was great. It couldn't have gone better. It, was, it went better than I imagined. She loved them all. She had her favorites. She immediately discarded a few. This is the way it goes. And she said she was over the moon. Loved it all. Hard to choose. I definitely like these t- these three directions. Although this one, I want to save maybe for a totally different project. I think that will work better for something else. But these two I love. Maybe we can make tweaks on this one. I mean, it was perfect. And in the end, they chose one. I did two more slight iterations. And it was approved. And then there was a couple other pieces accompaniments to that project which stemmed out of that that initial showing but they were no big deal they just followed the same design and it all went great it got approved it was all good and the project ended and they were ecstatic saying oh we want to work with you again and you're you know, the word genius is thrown around. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let you think that I think I'm a genius. Look, I always say it, I'm not great. I've got a great process. And hopefully you're honing your process. It'll make you appear great as well. But then in the end there was an email that said, Hey, you know, this came out so good, we would like to get these printed. How do we go about doing that? And I thought, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Here come the extras. Now, here's where it gets difficult. Remember when I said earlier in the podcast that, you know, if the person, if your client is business-like and aloof and a little uptight, it's easier to say no because there's no, there's no emotions at all attached to it. Well, this is like a honeymoon with this client. They, she's so nice and so accommodating and so lavish with her praise, uh, calling me every positive name she could think of, and, oh, I want to work with you again, and I've already got a project in mind, and just fantastic, and you should win awards. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. These are the things she said. And, look, I don't let it go to my head, but I do appreciate it. So how do you say no 
to the honeymoon client where the honeymoon's still going on. So a lot of times they start out like a honeymoon. You're in love with them. They're in love with you. Everything's going great. But they don't usually finish up that way. And this one did. So how do you say no to somebody who you feel like you're friends with? You know, she gave me a hug at the end. I mean, how do you, how do you say no to somebody who hugs you? A client who hugs you? Come on. Ugh. So what do I do? Look, I'm a designer and I'm a creative. And I love the creative process and I love what I do. I love what I do. But I'm in business to make money and I'm in business to... I have goals. I have very specific goals. And doing this extra thing would make me less profitable. And already the profit was healthy, but anything more would have... I wouldn't have liked it. I would have been... I would have been a little... eh. I would have been a little irked by it. So I'm sitting here staring at the screen thinking, how am I going to reply to her? And then here's how I did it. I never make it about the people involved. I never make it personal. I always... Here's how I did it. I just replied and I said, I know you mentioned about doing a print version of this. The scope and fee didn't include for print versions but let me know what you'd like to do and I'll give you a quote and that's it so I didn't say hey I said there would be no print I didn't mention her and said hey you know when we spoke I told you that you know it's digital only there'd be no print so I can't do this for you I never use the words I or you. See, I never involve the people. When you take the people out of the conversation and treat it as this third-party inanimate thing, so I said the scope didn't allow for that or the, the scope did not include print materials. So you follow what I'm saying? It's the scope's fault. <laughs> I blame the scope. I wrote the scope. But the scope didn't include for print. But certainly we can come up with a quote for that. And, and you know, best Rob G and the whole thing. Very, very polite. Always very polite. Always. Making sure that there's no, no bit of weirdness about it in the email. I'm always careful how I word my emails. And she wrote a reply and said, Oh, okay, well... There's not really a budget for that, but um, but that's okay. We'll figure something out. And that's the way it is. And, and that's the way it should be. She understood. I set the expectations up front in conversation and then in writing. And then, here's the key, I stuck by it in the end. I removed the people from the, from the conversation and I refused... I didn't refuse. I would have gotten paid to do it even though I didn't want to. I wanted to deter. So that's why I kind of said it that way and just kind of bulleted, you know, a couple of points because I don't want to do print. The only reason I would have considered it, again, is because the rapport was so wonderful and, you know, ah, I would have considered it. But anyway, it didn't come to that, thank God. So that's, that's how you set the expectations. You want to talk about it, you want to put it in writing, and you want to stick to your guns. 
So like I said, the hardest part is you got a great client, the rapport is awesome, and how do you say no? And sometimes as, cre- as creatives, we don't like to say no, either because they're so nice and they're asking me. They, they almost, Clients do this all the time. They ask it as if it's a favor. Hey, can we do this? Hey, can I ask a favor of you? It's not a favor because I'm going to charge you. You know, I don't say that obviously, but they ask it as almost it's a favor, and sometimes we we give in because uh, we want we want to please them. Look, I already pleased the client; she was ecstatic. I don't have to bend to every whim, and I don't do that. So that's the message here today: is set those expectations up front, stick to it in the end. Maintain your profitability so you can build a business so you can help more clients. You can't help clients if you go out of business. You understand? That's why profit is good. (laughs) It funds your passion and the reason you're actually in business. To make a profit, to be able to live the lifestyle you want and to serve many more clients. So that's it. I want to know what you got to say. Give me your comments. Give me your feedback. Tell me some of your success stories about setting expectations and sticking to your guns on them. You can find me across the web on Twitter and Instagram at AuthenticRobG. Head on over to YouTube for my channel Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y with Rob G. Check out those videos. Spike the comments below. Hit the subscribe button again and again. Well, no, just do it once because if you hit it twice, it unsubscribes. But tell your friends. Share it, please. Share the videos. Subscribe because you don't want to miss the great new content I got going up every week. So that's it for today. This has been the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I'm Rob G. Thank you for listening and have a great day.